0: I'm Katie. And this is I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. A horror movie podcast.
1: Hey, horror fans. If you like what you're hearing, follow us on Instagram at I'm
0: Not Scared, You're Scared. Please subscribe on Spotify or iTunes and give us a great rating. It'll help spread the word. Thank you. Thanks for joining us tonight as we discuss... It's not The Conjuring 3, apparently. It's it is not. The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, released in two, 2001. Wrong. No. Nope. 2021. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Off by 20
0: years. <laughs> I'm very tired. Yeah, I almost said boys and girls. See? I'm in like oh my God. I'm in teacher mode. Um, I mean, we did
1: just spend, what, 30 minutes figuring out how to set this up without our regular engineer.
0: I know, right?
1: I mean, I shouldn't say without, because he was on the phone for
0: We set this up by ourselves if we didn't need any help. Nope. So there certainly we go. didn't
1: need, you know, hand holding and explicit and, and printed calling. instructions. <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: and screenshots. Okay. So I'm Meredith. I'm Katie. Uh, so thanks for joining us tonight, like I just said, and <sighs> We'll just dive into what's new with you, Katie.
1: With me? Well, we've talked a lot lately about our, you know, impending, the beginning of our teaching careers. Yes, I I was going to say that, and then I backtracked. (laughs) Um, But I thought I would rather share, um, so this evening... Uh, while we are recording is actually one of the nights, the three nights a week that my husband has to drive my son very, very, very far for his hockey practice. And so they, on those nights they are gone for, you know, three or four hours. Um, and so my daughter, my horror movie loving daughter is home alone on those occasions, which is not a big deal. She's often home alone has been since she was, you know, pretty small, not, not ashamed to say it. Um, (laughs) but this afternoon she came to me and she said, um, can we watch Babadook tonight? Oh, and I was like, Oh, I'm I'm recording tonight. And she goes, Oh, and she's like, maybe I'll watch it without you. I was like, (gasps) you want to watch it home alone. And she was like, that sounds kind of like just scare myself crazy. Like that sounds kind of fun. And I was like, um, okay. And then, uh, it, we just kind of had a pin in the conversation. And so then I was feeding her di- or getting her dinner ready right before I was gonna leave. And, uh, she goes, Well, can we start it? And I'm like, Well, I have to, you know, leave in like 20 or 30 minutes. And she was like, Well, we can still start it. And I was like, and you're going to finish it when I go? She's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. So, yeah, I watched about the first half hour with her and then (laughs) I left her there to finish. (laughs) (laughs) But we did talk about, you know, she, um, it will have still been daylight when she finished it, which Mm -hmm. I think will help a little bit. She won't be in like a dark house at at nighttime. Mm -hmm. Although now as I'm saying that, I do recall that she asked me to turn on the kitchen and living room lights before I left and I didn't.
0: Oh no Oh no But
1: I mean truthfully She will have finished the movie And come out into those rooms Before it's dark anyway So I'm sure that she'll be fine um, but it also um, was finally an occasion, so I believe this is the third, ta- third time she's seen the movie, mm-hmm. and there is one moment in it that is adult-ish that I had skipped the previous two times, mm-hmm. but she is older, those times were a while ago, and under the circumstances, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna let you know, there's one thing that I've you know skipped in the past, and I don't really care about it anymore, it's just a little awkward, Um, And so then that moment, you know, came up while I was still there. It didn't, it didn't happen after I left. Um, And so she got to, you know, screaming cover her face when, you know, having to see a mother use a vibrator. While Mm -hmm. she was sitting next to her own mother,
0: (laughs) that's awkward. This is the true horror. (laughs) Single mothers pleasuring
1: themselves.
0: (laughs) Oh man,
1: yeah. So that's what's new with me. What about you? Sounds great.
0: I've just been doing trainings for my new job. I'm a elementary school teacher. I um, have been my own kids ready for school, like. Every moment of the day is filled with something. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, I think COVID made us kind of not have to deal with that for like a long time.
1: Yeah, it was there was so little. And so we've gone from so little to so much.
0: Yes. So I feel a little overwhelmed. But it's like. Every minute of the day I'm using it for something to do something. Mm-hmm. Like driving to go get groceries and we're gonna get backpacks. Oh, we gotta go get a lunch box for mm-hmm. my son. Oh, we gotta go get first day outfits. Let's go get a haircut. Let's do this. Let's like all these checking off all the boxes. Yeah. I gotta go get gas. Like everything <laughs> life is happening still and yeah. Um,
1: There's no moment when you shouldn't be doing something. So, like, anytime yes. you're not doing something, it's, like, a panicky, like...
0: You're like, oh, gosh. These are wasted minutes. Oh. <laughs> yes. But also, it's, like, you don't want to fry your brain. Yeah. You know, like, fry yourself. So, I, I mean, I consider this, like, homework a little bit for, for the podcast, but it's, like, fun. So, I enjoy it. I, I I kind of consider it, a, like, an escape. Yes. A little bit. Yeah. Like, it's, it's for a, our mental health. It's for a mental. Believe yeah. it or not, it's like having fun. Like you can stop work for like mm-hmm. a little while and do something else. Yeah. Um, even if I'm like, no, 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 I have to do. There's whatever. no time. I have to cut out this stuff. I laminated. Like no, I don't. <laughs> I can wait. Okay. So that's what's up with me. So did we just want to dive into the synopsis, Katie? Are you ready? I am so ready. For some synopsis.
1: I am ready to synopsize the hell out of this movie, which, I mean, I guess we can say at the outset, I'm sure we'll talk about it more later, is probably, is it everyone's least favorite
0: in the Conjuring universe? It's definitely my least favorite. Yeah, I think it's my least favorite, too. Um, Like, I think that at least...
1: Not to start on a downer, but... No.
0: no. (laughs) I thought at least uh, Annabelle Comes Home, while it was not my favorite, I at least found it
1: more entertaining
0: entertaining yeah. but it was kind of like kitschy or i don't know what yeah, it's the word this is was
1: missing something yeah
0: but you know we
1: digress okay. uh so let, let me throw a recap at you and um if you haven't seen it hopefully this will communicate to you how underwhelming maybe it was um Okay, so as Meredith said, this is not Conjuring 3, even though it is the third movie with the Conjuring title. It was just titled Conjuring, colon, The Devil Made Me Do It. Um, and it opens on the destruction that has been wrecked on a home resulting from an exorcism that the Warrens have been called to participate in. And the date is July 18th, 1981. So in the timeline of the Conjuring universe, this is the latest story to be told out of all the movies. Um, the person being exorcised is eight-year-old David Glatzel, and also present in addition to the Warrens and his parents are his sister Debbie, his older sister Debbie, and her boyfriend Arnie. Um, one thing that I did love about this scene was when, because initially it's just the Warrens there and they're waiting for the arrival of the priest to actually perform the exorcism. And mm-hmm. when the priest does a rot, it's like an homage shot to the exorcist. So like he pulls up in that taxi mm-hmm. and then like gets out and then they they've got the camera angle from behind him with the house in front of him and the taxi pulls away. And it's like this iconic image from the exorcist that they were trying to recreate, which, you know, give them a little credit for that. Yeah. So during the exorcism that um, follows, uh, Lorraine at one point has a vision of just some random disjointed images that you know we don't understand as of yet. Um, also during the exorcism at one point, the priest is knocked unconscious. And so Ed picks up the Bible and continues the rite, um, but the demon manages to um, impel a heart attack in Ed, basically. Um, and while Ed is, you know, struggling with that on the floor, Arnie, Debbie's boyfriend, um, begs the demon to take him instead of David because Arnie is, you know, this big brother figure to David and they're very close. And he's um, like in his twenties,
0: you know, yes, like, and David's yeah. a little boy. David, so yeah, so David's a little guy.
1: Um, yeah so it's a, they have we've already seen that they have a sweet connection to each other um, this you know boyfriend of his big, big sister um, and so Arnie tells the demon to take him instead and so that does seem to happen initially it seems that the demon does leave David and enter Arnie but then you know the moment kind of passes and Arnie seems fine um, so everybody kind of you know deems the exorcism to be over at that point so Ed is being treated at the hospital for his coronary and we um, kind of see Debbie and Arnie where they um, work and live above this dog kennel, which sounds awesome. Um, and at this point, Arnie starts experiencing the first stages of infestation, to use Ed Warren's term, isn't it? He's got the three, three steps of the possession and the first one's infestation. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, Arnie's having uh, kind of scary visions and things like that. Some of the, the visions include this a particular person with dark hair and dark clothes. So, um, not long after Ed regains consciousness for the first time after the heart attack um, and he tells Lorraine that the demon had moved to Arnie from David, which none of them realized Um, and Lorraine is unable to, um, reach anybody at the kennel, so she calls the cops and tells them that something's gonna happen there and at the kennel, um, you know, Arnie is in this, this episode um, with the infestation and he thinks he's protecting himself and Debbie from a demon, but he ends up stabbing to death the um, manager of the kennel Um, and when the cops are you know headed to the kennel they find him walking down the road covered in blood and he says I think I hurt someone Um, and um, after that when we're listening to reports we find out that he stabbed the man 22 times which is a lot Um, excessive yeah that's 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 a good number of stabbings Um, So next, the Warrens are visiting Arnie um, in lockup, and they're trying to evaluate if he is possessed, because this is a story that he's telling. um, But he's able to read from the Bible, and he's around religious items, and it's not distressing him. And so the Warrens determine that he can't be possessed now, but Ed acknowledges that he could have been possessed before when he committed the murder. Um, and Debbie is uh, totally standing by her man, and she swears, you know, that she was there when it happened, and it wasn't Arnie that um, that committed this crime. Um, now we meet uh, Arnie's lawyer, who's a dame, which I love. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, 81. I know there's, there were plenty of women lawyers by then, but it was a... Kind of a surprise still mm-hmm. to see that, um, and she's explaining to the warrant the warrants. She's going to refuse to use the possession defense. Um, Ed argues that it's been done twice in England, and she points out it's unsuccessful. Um, And at this point, Ed delivers his key quote of the movie saying that the court accepts the existence of God every time somebody swears on the Bible to tell the truth. And it's about Mm -hmm. time they accept the existence of the devil. And so the Warrens, in an effort to convince um, Arnie's lawyer to uh, use possession, demonic possession as his legal defense, they say, come on over to our house. We'll show you some shit. You want to meet our friend Annabelle? And then you decide. Um, And they're successful in convincing her um, to use that defense in court. Um, But now it's on them to figure out how to prove that he was, in fact, possessed. Um, So they revisit their records of David's possession. um, And that leads them to a room in the uh, Glatzel home. Um, And uh, then they explore under the house, and Lorraine finds this totem, um, like the kind that witches would use to invite an inhuman spirit. Um, And so they take a photo of the totem to this former priest whose name is Father Kastner. Um, And allegedly, he's the one, they say, oh, he helped take down the Disciples of the Ram cult, which Mm -hmm. is a little callback, because we know that um, Annabelle Higgins, as an adult, was a member of the Disciples of the Ram cult when she Mm -hmm. murdered her parents in the first Annabelle movie. Um, so they're
0: all wearing their white jumpsuits. (laughs) That's right. It's a pajama
1: party. Um, so father Kastner, um, is very helpful. He takes them down to his super creepy saw style basement, um, which we learned is kind of essentially his own version of a relic room where he stores all of the materials that he gathered in all of his research in, um, satanic cults, uh, when he was involved in those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but at this point, we kind of cut to the image of an altar that is that contains a lot of the images that we saw earlier in Lorraine's visions and the black clad person that Arnie had seen in his visions. Um, and then Arnie is attacked by spirits in jail, um, which, you know, we interpret as the result of the conjuring that's being done at this altar. So the person using the altar is still targeting Arnie. Um Next, the Warrens visit a homicide detective in a nearby town who recognized the photos of the totem that um, they were circulating uh, from a case where two girls had disappeared, um, and then one girl had never been found, and the other's body was stabbed 22 times.
0: Hmm, so we're like, coincidence. Hmm,
1: coincidence.: I
0: don't And think also, so.
1: how exact is the counting of stab wounds when it's that many?: I don't know. Could be tricky. They have their ways. They, well, that's true. I'm not a professional. Neither am I. <laughs> so um, the homicide detective takes the warrants to visit the site where the girls disappeared. And Lorraine's vision uh, leads them to the body of the missing girl um, that is in a water-filled quarry. Um, it, back in jail, Arnie is still being plagued by the infestations. And he's put on suicide watch. And the well-meaning chaplain gives him a bottle of holy water. Mm-mm, probably not a good idea. Um. Next, Lorraine comes up with the idea of using the corpse of the girl that, the, that was found in the water-filled quarry to connect to whoever is summoning the demons and cursing people. So she and Ed break into the funeral home. Um, and while holding the hand of the corpse, uh, she has a real-time vision of the witch manipulating Arnie to in prison to cut his wrists with the holy water bottle that he broke. I mean, who saw that coming?
0: Yeah, we're all like, "Don't do it!" And don't he's like, "Here you it. go." <laughs>
1: um, so Arnie does survive this uh, suicide attempt, um, but everybody knows the the witch has to finish the curse, and um, the way to break it is to destroy her altar. But they don't know where the altar is. Um, so, uh, th- but that at that point, Ed has another um, heart attack episode. Um, Well they think it's a heart attack episode And that ends up being his own possession By the witch um, And during which he almost stabs Lorraine to death So now they know that he's being targeted by, By this witch as well uh, so everybody's determined to find the location of the altar so it can be destroyed. Debbie and the chaplain are keeping watch over Arnie and lockup. Um, Lorraine turns to the home of Father uh, Kastner with, um, to get help with a translation from one of the um, old Aramaic materials that they have. But soon after she's left to go to Father Kastner's house, Ed realizes from the clues that they've been pouring over that the witch's altar actually is at Kastner's house. So, you know, he races over to rescue her. Um, She unwittingly returns to the saw basement um, and the and Father Kastner shares with her the existence of this secret daughter that he fathered while he was in the priesthood and her mother died in, in childbirth. So he raised her in secret. Nobody ever knew that he had this daughter living with him. And Lorraine figures out that his daughter is the witch that's cursing everyone. Um, So Father Kastner sends her down a passage to a location of the altar, um, and then right after Lorraine heads off, the witch appears and uh, slits her poor papa's throat.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: It was a little, it was a little aggro.
0: Well,
1: I mean, she's like,
0: oh, I love my daughter, and she's like, right, gotcha, and you're like, (laughs) well, okay. I guess. (laughs) Um, I don't know. It just seemed like on timing. Like they're cool. They're cool. They're cool. Cursing, cursing. cursing. Oh no, not anymore. Not like, anymore. Now that Lorraine's here,
1: we got this get, bimbo in we here. Get action
0: <laughs> happening. So I'm
1: gonna cut you. We'll cut you. Um, so now they're you know in these tunnels beneath the the farmhouse. The final struggle takes place between Lorraine and the witch as Ed is trying to come to her rescue. Um, and he's pulled into the you know the struggle between the other two as well. Um, while a possessed Ed is attacking Lorraine, um, the witch starts resuming her curse on Arnie, um, and so we're cutting to see you know him struggling in jail, and Debbie and the chaplain trying to keep him safe um, as he's fighting the possession in jail. So um, Lorraine manages to coax Ed out of his possession. So he kind of comes back to himself and he destroys the witch's altar, which releases Arnie just in time before he cuts his own throat. Um, so hooray. Arnie's Arnie's safe. Um, and because after the altar is destroyed, that means the witch failed to complete her curse. The demon comes and takes her stole instead mm-hmm. because demon got to have a soul. Yep. That's what I hear.
0: For for Satan. For Satan. Satan wants the souls. <laughs> we all watched Constantine. <laughs> you all know. Hell's full of souls. Souls. I guess.
1: All over I the place. <laughs> um, so, yeah, our closing scenes are, you know, Ed adds a goblet from the witch's altar to his artifact room. Yeah. Um, whereas at this point, it's kind of like, okay, well, this is a souvenir collection now because, like, the goblet's not possessed. It's not harboring a demon. It doesn't need to be kept safe and blessed. He just yeah. wants a little memorabilia from his his experience He's this like, time around. I've seen
0: some shit. I have had two heart attacks. From I them, deserve from this, this, this goblet. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: and then we we get the uh, summation of the the court story, which started everything, um, which is that Arnie is convicted of manslaughter, um, but he only serves five years. Which, for all mm-hmm. I know, at that time in that state, that could have been the maximum sentence for manslaughter. I know, right?
0: <laughs> we learned so much from my favorite murder. Like, <laughs> right? So like, you get like for assault, mm-hmm. that'll be two months. Two months. <laughs> You'll pay a fee of hundred dollars. <laughs> like, what? You can stab somebody, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and we're going to give you your gun back. <laughs> your gun back, though, for yeah. for shooting horses if you need to. <laughs> okay.
1: So yeah, that's um, that's my summation of conjuring the devil made me do it. And mm-hmm. Meredith,
0: was it scary? No. Aww.
1: I don't know. No, I, well, you're right. It wasn't. I
0: don't. Th- I didn't find it scary. But there were, I think, like a few scenes I enjoyed, and I think there was pretty much only the parts with little David because I mm. love the actor who plays him. He yes. was in the Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. He plays he's little Theo. The, he plays Not the Theo. twin. The tw- yeah, um, Luke. Luke. Yeah, that's it. And he's just so cute. He's so and he's cute. he's such, like, I love him. So, I mean, honestly, that kid kind of redeemed the movie a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he's the only like, reason
1: that you-
0: <laughs> Yeah, but he was, like, only had limited parts in the Yeah, he wasn't in, in it very movie. much. Um, so I enjoyed that part, but, like, I don't know. I had a lot of problems with the movie, and I'll, I can, we can talk about it
1: <laughs> <a little laughs> We will bit. talk about it. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're here for.
0: But, I mean, overall, I was just, I didn't feel like it added much, but I do understand why it was made, Mm -hmm. Um, because... Well, we can talk about it a little bit, but do you, did you, Katie, find it scary in the least (laughs) or have Um, were there any parts where you're like, well, that's, yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. I liked
1: it. Overall, it didn't, it didn't leave me feeling scared. And I think part of that, it was a combination of factors. It was a little disjointed going from, you know, one story to this person, to that person. And then there's a completely separate crime. And so you don't have like a continuity that allows you to really build the tension or the fear. In any one situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there were, there were, I wrote down four, uh, four moments while I was re watching it where I'm like, ooh, I like that. That was creepy. Um, One was when, um, again, it's David, when at the beginning, in the opening possession sequence, when he's hiding in the shower and you see the hand curled over the top of the. Um, the bar holding up the shower curtain mm-hmm. I mean just like a little thing like that and it's little like you're nails. like leaving it to the imagination all you see are just the tips of the fingers curled over the bar and he's staring up at them like a moment like that I think is really
0: creepy I thought um, you were going to say the waterbed part
1: yeah that was next the waterbed <gasps> scene because to me that's a callback to Nightmare on Elm Street I do enjoy that but I mean but that wasn't a scary scene it was no. just it, I, it, I, I was just, endeared just like, to it oh, That's cool. yeah um, I did like when they were in the funeral home, um, and the that corpse becomes reanimated um, mm-hmm. and is attacking Ed while Lorraine is linked to the witch through the dead body. That's that like Lorraine. Let hey, go, start to let go. We gotta go. Big naked fat man's coming for me. <laughs> we gotta get out of here. <laughs> um, Shit's getting real. We gotta yeah. get out of here. And then the last thing I noted was um, Arnie's uh, his final possession. Um, When you know in in the final like the culminating battle scene when the witch is making her last ditch attempt to um, destroy Arnie and the chaplain and Debbie are with Arnie in in the prison um, trying to protect him the physicality of his possession in that scene I thought was really well done it was a lot of the like. Um, you know, like twisted and contorted body movements and like crawling across the floor with limbs bending the way they shouldn't bend. And they used what we've talked about in some of the other conjuring, that, that cracking sound mm-hmm. that they associate a lot of times with the demon transforming into something or else whatever. And so what mm-hmm. they what they actually did with him and his physicality during that like brief last part of his possession and exorcism, I thought that was really creepy. Mm-hmm. And it would have been scary if the whole thing had been building up to it. Yeah. But because it was so segmented from so much of um the other things that were happening, I felt like it wasn't as impactful as it could have been.
0: Yeah, it did remind me a little bit of The Possession of Emily Rose or whatever. Yes. Is that what called, yep. Emily Rose? Yeah. yeah, Which they, was amazing. And 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 just, yeah, they
1: utilized a lot of that, you know, the, the body contortion mm-hmm. and, you or know, like they're bending backwards, <laughs> basically, and you're like, oh my yeah. gosh. And like with something like that, you know, obviously some of it is digital effects and some of it is limber actors and, you know, well uh, choreographed scenes and everything, but mm-hmm. they end up looking very real.
0: Yeah, you know they don't
1: look like you know fake animation crap. Like it, it legitimately most of the time. You mean
0: it wasn't Reagan like <laughs> walking backwards down the stairs, like Ooh, like, crab walking, and you're like, what the hell? Your
1: head spinning around where it's like Ooh. literally been carved out of a pumpkin, and they're just turning it on like, like a rototiller. Well, you see like a
0: string coming out, and you're like, well, that's not. That's
1: not. That's not. That's real. not right.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I, I I agree with you on that. I thought that was interesting and um, kind of scary. I don't know. I, I mean. Not scary, but I was like, oh, that's kind of entertaining. But yeah.
1: It was know. like what you and Lorena were saying about Annabelle home where you, you were having to look for things that you liked. Yeah. Rather than just, like, loving the whole thing. And so yes. with this, it's like, oh, I do. I like
0: that. Oh, right. This. You know, this this is good. The problem <laughs> the problem is when there's 15 to 20 minutes of you're like, I hate this.
1: Turn it off. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well... But I want to hear about
1: the true story that this was based on, because like all of, many of the Conjuring stories were led to believe that this is this is accurate and true to life, and that's yeah. not always
0: entirely the case. Yes, tell us more. Okay. Well, this I felt like after this, everything is from Wikipedia, boys and girls. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> this could be completely made up. <laughs> Teacher you know. Meredith is yes. hitting the
1: the big sources.
0: Um. So. But this is—it did seem like it was more—I'm using air quotes here—true <laughs> than past, like Annabelle. It's like oh, we, this yeah, doll no, Annabelle is was a causing reach. some shit.
1: But more uh, so than like the Perrin story or the Enfield yeah, poltergeist.
0: Maybe a little bit. I don't know. Um, maybe more than the Enfield okay. poltergeist. Yeah. I think. Um, but the movie is based on the real-life case of Arnie Johnson. Mm-hmm. and the Names event.
1: not changed to yeah. protect the innocent. <laughs> um, the
0: events are similar, like I said, to the movie. There was an 11-year-old, David Glassell, who exhibited signs of possession. Um, and this is according to, t- to testimony. And they also got help from Ed and Lorraine Warren and like, priests to help with this situation, but it wasn't like months long. It was like a handful of weeks. That was like some stuff was happening and their eyewitness accounts of Arnie and Debbie, um, from the discovery channels, a haunting that they, where they talk about it. Like they give interviews and they talk about the haunting. Is that like streamable somewhere on YouTube or something? I would watch. I would love to see that. that. Yeah. Um, so they provide their like, their own personal account of what happened. Um, So they, for, I guess, like the supernatural events surrounding David's possession. Um, So similar to the film, they moved into a home, a rental house. David um, claimed that there was an old man who kept like appearing, pushing him, being kind of like aggressive um, and was scaring him. And they kind of were thinking, well, he just kind of doesn't want to work maybe, or he's just like trying to be, like get out of doing some chores around that yeah. this place where they're trying to move. I in mean, he's and an eight-year-old and stuff. Yeah. Um, well, he's they, eleven. You never... He was eleven. eleven. Yeah. Is that what they said in the movie? I have no idea. But I... in on Wikipedia said eleven, so maybe they changed his age a little bit. Yeah, I think that they it's possible um, because it, well, let me. I'm gonna pull my notes back up. <laughs> pull out your notes, Katie.
1: Yeah, no, it's, in the
0: movie they said he was eight. Okay, well I, that's...
1: that's odd. It's
0: more terrifying for it to have like a second grader being possessed yeah. versus a sixth grader basically. Hmm. Um so they thought he was just trying to get out of you know, doing chores and helping the family. But um they kinda noticed things were weird things were happening around him. Um so then there was an a lesser exorcism. I didn't really understand what that meant. It lesser meant exorcism. Um uh, and then of Exorcism David. light. I know. Uh, Lorraine <laughs> was there she was set sa- she said that D- David levitated he stopped breathing etc um there are priests there um after this occurred uh, Arnie was possessed while helping with the exorcism like the film um he was attacked a few days after that um and this is what he said in the um the Discovery Channel show He okay. was like yeah uh, he was attacked after um egging the demon on. Um to kind of like like leave this kid alone, basically, yeah. yeah, and so he was driving one day a few days like a few days later, and it caught it attacked him this entity and caused him to crash his car, but he made it out of the wreck and he was okay, but of course, that was like scary for him um, and then he was a like, he was like checking out another rental property, and he was at this well, and um he encountered the entity again, and he said that's the last time he recollects being kind of lucid okay. before, like, this possession happened. Yeah. Um, or it, he, like, it remembers encountering mm-hmm. the demon the last time he says he could remember it. So
1: that would have been the moment that the demon took full hold of him.
0: I think, yeah. I think that was, like, the Implication, idea. yeah. So then later, it was not too much longer after this, that he um, went out with his I think it was his landlord and it was the guy who he had eventually like attacked and stuff yeah um, he went, they w- he took Debbie out and his I think her cousin who's who was a kid like a nine year old and they're like having like lunch and stuff he that guy drank a lot um, then they went back to their house and then he was like being really weird and aggressive and he like grabbed um, her Debbie's cousin. And okay. he was, like, let go of her. Uh, Arnie was, like, let go of her. Yeah. And then he wouldn't. See, um, there was a
1: little bit of that in the movie, too. Like, mm-hmm. he was really drunk. Yeah. And there was, he was, like, trying to dance. No, there wasn't a the little cousin there, but he was, like, trying to dance with Debbie. Yeah. And he wasn't, like, really being super inappropriate, but, it, like, in 80s style, he was being just kind of creepy with her. Just
0: weird. Yeah. yeah. So he um, wouldn't let go. And then it, um, uh, eyewitness accounts because it was some friends and it was Debbie, and, um, she said that he started growling like an animal, Arnie did, and like was, seemed not himself, uh huh, and took out this knife and started stabbing the that guy. Yeah. And he did stab him 22 times. Di- he stabbed him to, to death 22 yeah. times. So then, of course, there was like a media frenzy, um, it was the first known case in the United States where the defendant claimed to be possessed, but the judge rejected that defense. He's basically like, I don't want to hear, like, no. Well, there's, yeah, there's no legal standing for it. <laughs> right. Like, so the jury wasn't not able to, they were not they weren't allowed to, to consider, it. consider it. Yeah. So then they claimed self-defense. Basically, like self-defense the
1: defense. against the devil. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I guess against that dude. Or who defense was of like the other. Being like uh, attacking his uh, sordid niece, but not yeah. like Debbie's niece. Yeah, because that is. I mean, mm-hmm.
1: self-defense includes defense of another. Yeah, uh, you um, know.
0: especially I don't know how the laws are, but like a minor as well. Yeah. Um. So then, um, <laughs> she he was sentenced to five years. Yeah. So like, like what was said in the movie. Um, how many how many months per stab wound is that? <laughs> not many, <laughs> not many. <laughs> so then, in 1983, the Warrens published a book. They claimed to have shared the profits uh, with the family, but um, it's said that they got about two th- uh, The family got about two thousand dollars from the publisher, and then um, it was republished in 2006. Um, and then David Glatzel's brothers sued them. And the publisher for libel, privacy, emotional distress, saying like most of this was like not true stuff. Yeah. Um, And then he, you know, but how Lorraine was like, this is, she defended the book, she cited like, that they were, they had support from the priests mm-hmm. and the church, and they're like, this stuff happened.
1: Is it true, too, the that they have, because they always show in the movies, like, under the credits and stuff, like, that they have actual recordings of X, Y, and Z. But it's like, is that still just for the movie, or do they really have audio? Because I know for the Enfield poltergeist, like, they truly do have a lot of documentation for that case.
0: I feel like I read that there was some but I'm not sure. Yeah,
1: because under the know. credits for this one, they play audio that is supposed it's say it, they say that it's um, the recording of David's exorcism.
0: I feel like I read that there was, yeah. but I could be mistaken yeah. about that. Um, but then, you know, so Lorraine said that. and Arnie and Debbie, even now to this day, I think to this day are still continuing to support the Warrens. And mm-hmm. saying everything happened. Yeah. The way we said the way we said. Um, and that the events were had occurred how it was depicted in the book. Huh. And I think in this film. Of course there's no like which disciples the Ram right. tie in from like Annabelle stuff. Yeah. They I created think that's that. A, added yeah. Added to it as well. Um so I thought that was kind of interesting and that I think that's what I'm coming from where I'm saying it had I think the most document I could be wrong but like the Enfield they're like L- Lorena said oh well sometimes they said they were making stuff up sometimes not yeah in this case it's like a lot of I mean there's a brother who's saying this is not true but then um they apparently priests were there yeah. the people who were directly involved were like yeah this happened so wait,
1: it's David's brother that's
0: saying that yeah. it's not true Cause yeah there was
1: not in the movie David didn't they didn't even have brother
0: Yeah, and apparently in the book he was someone who's like a naysayer. Like this is not a thing. Okay. Huh. They were just like he. I think the brother said that he was just. They were just like taking advantage of their his brother's mental illness. Interesting. So that's that's what's going on with that. Hmm. But I thought it was... I mean, there's a lot more to read about it. There's, yeah. like, a book, apparently.
1: Well, which, and, you know, yeah. something that even uh, if only part of it is part... But if it's, like, if it's a legal case, there's documentation that exists that doesn't exist in most stories like this.
0: That's what I mean. Yeah. So, So, um, because all that has to be somewhere, right? It's yeah. It's not, you know...
1: I mean, you already had a yeah. judge that was like, I don't accept that plea, but there's still testimony to this, that and the other thing that's mm-hmm. on the record.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um,
1: but I did I don't know. Shall we should we talk <laughs> a little bit about the your trigger with this movie and why it bothered you so much?
0: We can. I guess I could let me first give a little bit of a background about about myself very quickly. So I have a bachelor's degree in criminal justice. I have a master's degree in criminology and I completed the coursework. I didn't complete my dissertation for my PhD in criminology as well. And um, so I know a lot about crime, criminal behavior. And I took a criminology course system. once in, in college. <laughs> and Katie. Katie took a I course. took a criminology <laughs> <She> t- <laughs> and a sociology of law course. Uh, yep. So she did that. Yep. <laughs> so to, I, I have a lot of background knowledge about that stuff. I'm not... Quite as current, like, I used to read journals and stuff and, like, research. And now i And you don't have time for that anymore? Now, what? No, then I went back to school and got my master's degree in education. And, and you spend a lot of time in World of Warcraft. Oh, uh, I play a lot of well. Wow. <laughs> I just don't have time, okay? Like... Get oh, off her back, okay. people. Get off me back. <laughs> but my... So, I know a lot about uh, crime and people getting taken take advantage of or, um, you know, railroaded. And... Um, The injustice that exists in the system is very triggering for me (laughs) and makes me really mad. So, um, that's a little bit about that. But I did find the movie irritating for the, I think it was maybe the court element and these occults. Yeah. There's the occults involved in in a court case. And I think. Objectively, I realize it's like all the movies, there's a cult and there's demons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get it. Or it's witches. Or it's witches, <laughs> and, and it's every single movie. And I have thoroughly, well, most for the most part, enjoyed it. And then for this movie, I think it's the fact that it was in the 80s. Oh. And, and, and Lorraine's
1: hair was so bad. Her hair was...
0: <laughs> it was the 80s and there's the occult talk and then there's a court case. Yeah. And um, so I got really annoyed. Because that it's it's very cliche. Me. Uh, yes, it's very yeah. cliche, and I just was like irritated, and I found myself going, "Oh, like, like there's a lot of occult activity out here." I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> this is so dumb."
1: They find a totem, and they take a bunch of pictures, and like twelve other police departments have seen that totem and have documentation of a case where that totem showed up. And they're it's like,
0: like, "Yeah, there's so much occult stuff." Yeah, it's and witches. So. <laughs> Um, but I I I read an article and it's a Vox article and just, um, I just wrote down some of the points oh, like two pages of stuff that I to provide a little bit of background about Satanic Panic and um, it's called, the article is called Why Satanic Panic Never Really Ended. Um, I don't I don't really go into how it didn't end. It still exists because there's still like Pizzagate, Gate and there's. QAnon and all this conspiracy and it does involve a lot of satanic, Satan worship, yeah. killing children,
1: Hollywood people eating stuff. babies. Yeah. Yes.
0: Um, so that very much is still exists and is is present, but it really, um, it kind of created a lot of problems and ruined people's lives yeah. in the eighties and nineties. Uh, So here are a few things. And what really came to mind, and I knew about this off the the top of my head, was like the The daycare daycare centers in the 80s and the 90s and then the West Memphis Three. And I'll go into a little bit of more like what that means for people who don't know. Yeah. But uh, so I was mentioned earlier um, in in an earlier episode where we talked about the Ouija board Mm -hmm. and the exorcist impacting and and this is a quote from the um, Fox article, impacted America's collective psyche, hmm. which I would say, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it totally did. Um, people yeah, watched it. Yeah, that's like it.
1: predetermined knowledge that it's almost like kids are born with now. Yeah. It's like and that, when did clowns become evil? Because at some point along the line, now Stephen children know it. from the get-go that the cl- clowns are evil.
0: Yes. Clowns <laughs> cause massive trouble yeah. we all know this um so yeah like now we before of course we talked about this in the previous episode that Ouija board was just a parlor game yeah like not a big deal and then everyone watched that movie based on the book and then we now we all know it summons demons yeah
1: you can't play <laughs> with it casually anytime you touch it a demon will come and take your soul
0: yeah and then in 1972, there was a book called Satan's Seller, which is a discredited memoir by a Christian evangelist.
1: Now, is it seller like a basement seller. or seller like a vendor?
0: Like seller, like I'm going to sell you Satan. Okay. Um, and he, his name was Mike, I think Warn Warnke. I'm trying to read my writing, Warnke. And he recounted growing up in the uh, Church of Satan and this, uh, the the cults. And um, he said he, he claimed to eventually be a satanic high priest and he engaged in ritualistic sex orgies. This is all in his memoir, which, of course, is discredited. So here you go. Um, I mean, I bet you there was at least one orgy. Well, I mean, to make it interesting, right? Yeah, right. I and mean, then... God, a guy wouldn't
1: get into something like that if there was zero orgies.
0: Yes, but now he's found Jesus. So, yeah, there's fewer Jesus orgies. <laughs> mm, do we know that? I don't know about that. <laughs> good point, good point. <laughs> so then Anton Levey of course released his book about the in 19 um, you know, in the early 70s as well and that reinforced some of these ideas, but he just, you know, he just wanted to get with chicks, honestly. I don't feel like he yeah. really did this stuff. But I'm digressing a little bit. Um, and then in 1978, there's a Jonestown, which was occurred, and it gave Americans a very big view. Like, it really opened a lot of eyes yeah. to people who weren't privy to that kind of thing, mm-hmm. like a cult. Or a cult. It's not a cult. It's just a cult. It's a cult. A
1: cult. And well, was, and media was changing at that point, too. The amount of information that people were getting about stuff that was happening not in their own home community that's was true. increasing.
0: But then it also, in, during Vietnam, they were just showing, like, gruesome footage. It, mm-hmm. I mean, people were being more and more exposed to, like, violence and yeah. imagery that was very shocking, Yeah, I think. Um but so they were seeing a prime example of violence in a cult. Although it was, I mean, Jim Jones was a Christian, and he mm-hmm. had churches. Um,
1: I mean, okay, come on, let's not call him a Christian.
0: He was initially, <laughs> though. He was, and then it devolved, like devolved yeah. into like madness, his yeah. own madness, and then his own like I'm a god kind of narcissism. Thing. Yes, yes, and it went very bad. We all know that. But so then there are f- former warshi- Satan worshippers. Uh, using air quotes, that gained popularity. And, of course, they turned to Jesus, became evangelicals, um, and then, of course, you know, got spotlights for, like, oh, I used to be a Saint, Satan worshiper, and now I'm a, you know, have my own show about, like, whatever. One example is... Are you is talking from, about Oprah? <laughs> no, yes. One <laughs> was John Todd. His He wrote about the dangers of Dungeons and Dragons, mm, among other things. Totally. Mm-hmm. And then there's Jack... Chick who I saw I always saw his stuff, like he wrote tracts. Do you know what tracts are? They're like um, they like comic books, but mm-hmm. they have like always um, they have they depict a Christian who's mm-hmm. dealing with a wicked person. Oh, well, and yeah, okay, because my, my
1: frame of reference for tracts, is, so I grew up with a lot of Mormon friends. There's a lot of Mormons in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, a tract is, I mean, it's just a general term for any, you know, dissemination of information about something. And mm-hmm. so when Mormons go door to door to to try and, you know, teach people about the Mormon church, they they call that tracting.
0: Tracting, okay. Yeah. So these were, but this was his publication. Yeah, so he, yeah, he were, personalized they more, it. Yeah, they were more like... <laughs> comic book. Yeah,
1: more whatever. fun. <laughs>
0: yes. Where they were, like, Sorry, dealing LDS. A wicked a wicked Christian, and, and Satanism was a big part of these tracts, because they were, like, saving people from Satan, mm-hmm. or doing whatever. Um, so, at the t- same time as all this stuff was happening, in the media, and there's, like, all these people being, like, I was in cults, and, and a, a Satan worshiper, and, and I was being, you know, s- uh, sex cults. Um, <laughs> at the same time as this, there was also serial killers that were being, like, gaming, gaming, like media coverage prominence, and that mm-hmm. included Zodiac, the Alphabet Killer, Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, the Hillside Strangler, uh, David Berkowitz, and uh, the Green River Killer. I mean, all these didn't help yeah. the situation, right? They yeah. kind of like escalated tensions for the news. Must the have been crazy tension. there
1: for about fifteen years.
0: Yes, <laughs> and they their tensions were high, and then the people, the public's perception of safety. Um, in their community it's yeah. really impacted so go to the 80s there's stranger danger and you're not safe in your own neighborhood mm-hmm. these like ideas that were really prominent um, there was like, of course the Tylenol murder, murders where I don't know if people know about this I yeah. mean you probably do like yep. where someone still technically
1: unsolved but
0: pe- yes. people think people it people theorize too yeah. they think it did it but for those of you wait, who don't know wait is it Bundy know,
1: or the no, Unabomber they think it was
0: the Unabomber yeah they, they think thought it was, it was Kaczynski Unabomber. So, people are, there's a reason now that there's sealed containers yeah. now of different medicines. Yeah, but why, when you
1: 80s, open something from the store, if it doesn't have an airtight seal on it, yeah. you don't put it in your body?
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> but back in the 80s, that didn't exist. No, and people just, like, just grabbed it food open. out
1: of a bin and just put it in their just mouth. Just chomp
0: it down. <laughs> it's free. <laughs> um, and then people took Tylenol, and I can't remember, how it, was it Chicago?
1: Um, It was Chicago and it was the the caplets. It was the style of pills that they used to make where it was you could when when you bought it at the store and brought it home, you could open up the caplet and all the little tiny colorful beads would fall out. Yeah. So um, that was why they were able to be tampered. It wasn't just that the bottles were able to be tampered with, Mm -hmm. but the pills themselves could be opened. Yeah. Have something added and mm-hmm. then closed back up.
0: Yeah, so no one would be yeah. any the wiser. Because so I remember those
1: pr- commercials when we were kids where like in the commercial the animation would be of the pill opening up, the two halves opening up and all the little you know pebbles from inside falling out. All and the medicine. Doing all the magic to your body. We'll but fix that's your literally yeah, <laughs> fi- Or maybe you'll die. <laughs> maybe you'll die. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they don't make those kinds of pills anymore either. Well,
0: so People were uh, poisoned and died from, like, randomly. Quite a few people. It was so random. Over a
1: very short period of time. Yeah.
0: And no rhyme or reason. No one. Yeah. They were from different
1: um, batch numbers from the plant. Like, it was. They had
0: no idea. So people were flipping out.
1: They've never Um, solved that conclusively.
0: So we have that. Then there are faces on milk cartons for people now, Mm -hmm. like, here, kids are being snatched all the time, everybody. Yep. Enjoy your breakfast. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Then there's HIV AIDS coming and all of this misinformation about that. Yeah. Um, So all of this kind of created the perfect storm for hysteria. And of course, the media didn't help in the least. This is all making COVID seem like not that big a deal. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So I remember like seeing this uh, like on a commercial. uh, I was a little kid. But it was Geraldo Rivera, the devil <laughs> worshipping, um, exposing Satan's underground. Um, it was like a 2020 kind of deal, yeah. like special. Yeah. And they had a ton of these mm-hmm. um, exposing the occult activities happening yeah. all across America. Um, well, and when did, um
1: like, you know, America's Most Wanted and Unsolved Mysteries and those, those shows all, like, came to prominence. In the 80s. Yeah, in this time period Mm -hmm. too because there was just so much material for them to work and people... I mean, I feel like you know you get you see something on the news about this story, and you want more information, mm-hmm. you know. And in pre-internet time, your your options for getting more information about something, especially if it happened in a different part of the country, was kind of limited. Yeah. So yeah. you know, for a show, you know, a, a primetime TV show, people to people like, don't spot have time bite. to like go
0: microfish, <laughs> right? You know, at the library. Well, <laughs> the,
1: Yeah, but you got to go microfish at their library because yeah. it's not going to be in your library. You have to go
0: to the dairy library and find <laughs> stuff there. On, no. the, on Pennywise. Don't go to okay, dairy. So, I know. <laughs> so that was, yeah. I mean, it was just causing kind of not a great. Yeah, you can situation. kind of understand
1: why people were hysterical.
0: Hysterical. So there's also the now um, I keep saying discredited memoir called Michelle remembers, that was uh, widespread. Michelle um, Obama? No, someone else. And it was <laughs> a, a, an absolutely true. I'm using air quotes. Uh, exa- uh, you know, example of occult sex abuse that was happened to uh-huh. Michelle, um, and this was spread as truth, basically. Yeah. And there are many copycat memoirs that kind of splintered off from that too, from mm-hmm. people saying, "Oh, that happened to me too." For, yeah, I, I was in that cult also. Yeah. I was in it before Michelle. Yeah, this all happened. Yeah, I was here. Before I told Michelle, Michelle. about that. <laughs> I'm better than Michelle. I was here for Okay,
1: <laughs> I was in more orgies than her.
0: <laughs> Bigger ones. Um, well, whatever made the money, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So the repercussions. So I have a little bit about that. Um. So this all led to criminal prosecution a lot. And this is only like a little like the top tip of the iceberg of yeah. what is out there for this. So one is 1980 in Kern County, California. Mm-hmm. Social workers had read Mich- Michelle Remembers and then they found... Quote unquote found out about a cult, an occult sex ring from two coerced children, sending um, that sent eventually 26 people to jail. And all of these sentences were overturned from 1990 to 2008. And these victims, all all of them pretty much, many of them children, uh, recanted their testimony saying that they are persuaded by the um, authorities mm-hmm. and were coached. This was the anatomical
1: doll era where they were like show us on the doll where yeah, they touched it's, you. Well, this is the
0: next one where it's that one. Yeah. So this is the, one of them. Um, the McMartin trial, which is oh, what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. The largest, longest, and most expensive trial in California history. And this article, this Vox article, mm-hmm. was published in 2021. So I'm assuming still, their information still has yeah. So in 1983, a parent accused a staff member of the McMartin Preschool of abuse. Um, so then the unlicensed, I'm going to emphasize that, psychotherapist Key McFarlane examined uh, about 400 children and talked to them. And she, of course, like Katie just said, famously used the anatomically correct dolls, basically like where did they touch you yeah. kind of thing. Um the claims were ridiculous. Wasn't there one where it was, like, about flushing a horse down a toilet or something? When it was <laughs> or like they went flesh, into the sewer? Flush. They were saying they had, like, a dungeon under the preschool, and which, which is, like, not even remotely true. Yeah. Um, it was insane. It's like scientifically
1: off. provable to be false. Yes.
0: Completely <laughs> ridiculous. Um, and then after six years of investigating and then... No evidence at all. Yeah. Uh, all of the charges against the staff were dropped, but they spent so much money oh, on this, boy. like, investigation. And of course, I'm sure it probably ruined people's lives. Oh, like, for sure. You're being, like, anybody. Yeah. Like, if you're being investigated, if you're a daycare worker and you're not getting a job in childcare again, like, yeah. that's not going to happen. So, and then in the 1980s, there were seminars that, um, there, let me go back, there are a ton more um examples of of these kinds of things most importantly which i'll go into in a moment um so in the 1980s there are just like seminars edu- educational videos you can youtube these videos by the way on satanic occult stuff and Yikes. how to find it yeah and it's the dumbest stuff you'll ever it's you find ridiculous. a totem underneath your waterbed oh <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> Everyone finds a totem under your waterbed
1: They come with them Waterbeds water think... used to come with totems
0: So then they um, They had educational videos And just so much for like authorities People in charge yeah. A ton of stuff from the Evangelical, the right mm-hmm. uh, About looking out for Occult activity that was of course Widespread causing crimes Across the United States It was yeah. just what I call satanic panic And then there's more, like, just so many more examples, Um, but then the most prominent one that actually, I saw the documentary Paradise Lost when I was, I think I want to say 15 or 14 or something, younger than I should have. Yeah, for sure. Because it's, like, it's very gruesome. Unvarnished. (laughs) Yeah. It it just, like, is, like, in your face. Um, But it came out, I think, in 1996, and it... Depicts or doesn't depict, but it documents these. Um, They're in West Memphis in 1993. There are three little boys who were brutally killed. So it was sad, horrifying. They're eight years old. Found and in a riverbed. They were found in the um, Robin Hood Hills in the Creek yeah, area. In the creek, Which,
1: yeah, Creek. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's that was awful. Okay, but then basically based on rumors and hearsay and absolutely no evidence, physical evidence of DNA or otherwise. um, With the very much persuaded one, like confession um, of one of these teenage boys who has had a, or he's still alive. He has a, an IQ lower than 70 where he was uh, grilled by, by detectives. Mm -hmm. Um, These three very, They don't have a lot of money and resources. Um, One of them, kind of, he wears like Metallica shirt. He's kind of gothy,
1: yeah.
0: Um, And he has a reputation for just kind of being like a little bit of a troublemaker, a guy who's like he wears like a dog collar. He's like very like metal, Um, and everyone lots
1: of young people.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and he has like all all of this rumors kind of followed him around, and there was a guy in the police, not a police, he was in the police force. He was somebody who was kind of like a social worker sort of situation, um, but he had basically a hard-on for for Damien Nichols, like, just being like, if there's trouble, it's probably him. Yeah. Like, he couldn't, like, let it go. Right. So then he was like, this happened, this horrible crime, it was probably him. Yeah. And they basically made it work. Like for, for the, him yeah. to get him and his friends to get tried and convicted mm-hmm. of this. And then um, they're in prison for 18 years. Then they got to do the Alfred plea where they pled out basically saying they did it, which is not true. But yeah. then the state says they probably didn't. It's a weird kind of plea. Yeah. Cause it's but not the same thing as
1: a no contest, right? Cause <laughs> a no contest is you have the evidence to convict me. And I acknowledge that.
0: I don't know. I'm not sure.
1: The, the legal nuances might be beyond us in this moment being unprepared. I think unprepared. in this moment.
0: <laughs> but I know the Alfred played. they're like, you basically the states like you can't sue us. Yeah. Essentially. We mm-hmm. don't owe you any money for, for this. Yeah. We'll this. let
1: you go. But you know you did it. And we're going to keep saying you did it.
0: Yes. But we also know you didn't.
1: Yeah. So we're going to let you go. <laughs>
0: So they got released in 2011. There's actually, I follow Damien Engels on Twitter. and Really? Yeah, he's like, or was it Instagram? I can't remember, but it's like um, he's suing the state because they lost all of the evidence, DNA evidence from that crime.
1: Yeah.
0: Basically, I think the part that infuriates me the most about that is that three little boys were murdered. And whoever I feel did like it, whoever did it just got just away with it. Just got away with, with it. it. 100%. Because these boys, there's no way. Yeah, it's basically impossible that they they did this, right? Um, I think that's what I'm saying. Is there someone out there? Oh, maybe yeah.
1: still today. I mean, maybe this person's dead by now. but Maybe, yeah. You know, yeah. could still be out there today with that secret.
0: Yeah, and it's it's just wild. Maybe
1: maybe multiple people know what really happened. Yes, and never said a word.
0: Exactly, and it wasn't like it just seemed very premeditated just like the whole way the crime happened and it was so cold it was just yeah brutal very brutal and and horrifying and and tragic for the three little boys and then the three teenagers who were just railroaded yeah um, it's one of
1: those things where you already had these victims and now we're piling more victims on top of those victims
0: exactly exactly right
1: yeah, that's um I remember the the my favorite murder episode for the West Memphis it was, and it was one I think that they took a really long time to do because it's mm-hmm. it's such a devastating story to tell mm-hmm. because it's not just the Sometimes, you know, like you tell the story of this horrible crime and the crime is devastating, but you get a little bit of satisfaction out of the resol- the resolution of the perpetrator. But yeah. when you have a story like this where the the resolution is as devastating as the crime itself, it's like mm-hmm. there's no.
0: Yeah. Re- what everybody, do you get out of that
1: story? Everybody
0: lost. Yeah. I mean, there's no winning when ch- children are murdered. Right. Right. But I mean, there was no justice. Yeah. And it's just it's, it was awful. So, I mean. I've watched documentaries about this. I've read mm-hmm. books. I've, like... I've always followed the case for as long as they were in prison. I was, like, you know, what's happening when appeals are happening? What's going on? And then that happened. But going back to the movie, I guess I just... I just feel after spending so many years studying this kind of thing, too, I'm just over it. Like, the yeah. like, there's a cult happening all over the United States, and it was the 80s, so I just... I just got triggered and really annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, I hate this movie. <laughs> and there were probably plenty of people with your
1: educational background out there that felt the same. And then even more people with no knowledge base about the topic at all that, you know, didn't see it that way at all.
0: Possibly, yeah.
1: Maybe, you know, I mean, of- I'm sure there are people out there that have never heard the term satanic panic. Maybe it's hard to imagine that they're big horror movie fans, though.
0: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So that was only um, talked about or found out or want to share. I mean, I could yeah. go on and on and, oh, on, yeah, and on and on. on about this. You could write books and they have. There are books
1: and I'm not going <laughs> to write them. There are books and documentaries.
0: And I don't have time.
1: Nope. To, and you, do that's work. not what you're here for. This is a horror movie podcast.
0: Exactly. But, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think that... I enjoy the movies as long as they stay away from like we're going into crime or we're prosecuting people base. And then we're talking about satanic panic kind of stuff. Then yeah. I, I get mad and, you know, maybe the, the Conjuring universe needs to go back in time, not enter the 80s and 90s. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. There's there's you know, a little
1: like... bit of an innocence around the stories from, you know, the earlier movies that just seems very quaint and charming. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah oh it is a spooky ghost i know i know so if they start getting into people like this is he works for the police department and he's an occult expert i'm like Ugh,
1: <laughs>
0: the eye you rolls got your email, you got your phd from the mail like that doesn't count when you like wrote in for your your degree which yeah. by the way happened in the west memphis 3 uh trial but anyway so uh moving on yeah not, not to g- dig deeper into that um so do you want to do your parent? Um, sure. Your parent- yeah. <laughs> so
1: um, it, we said early on with the Conjuring movies that, um, the, you know, they all check a lot of safe parent boxes um, for lack of swearing, nudity, sex, drug and alcohol use, like a lot of areas of concern for parents. Um, and then, so the only question really in terms of showing it to your child would be the varying levels of scariness um so in this movie um y- there is some frightening imagery um
0: mm-hmm. that i think
1: for a younger kid because it's it's not the scariest conjuring movie obviously Mm-mm. but i could still see it being a problem for uh you know a kid maybe younger than 12 or 13 that isn't you know super up on scary movies yeah you know, there's like the, like the funeral home part, um, the funeral home part. And, and there's I mean, there is the the violence in the scene where Arnie actually does commit the murder um, um. that, you know, some uh, there's some like startling, scary moments, like jump moments in that scene Um and then you also, I mean, like, even the part where uh, Lorraine is having her vision in the woods of the attack between the two girls. And mm-hmm. she's, like, re- because she's kind of um, playing, you know, within her vision, the part of the attacking girl. And so you see her, like, you know, m- m- uh, miming the stabbing motion while she's in her trance. Mm-hmm. So there is some stuff that, that's a li- that would be a little distressing,
0: Yeah, I yeah. think.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't think it's very, not as nightmare inducing as some of the other Conjuring movies. I would agree. <laughs> um, but, you know, we'll just all just stick back to what Lorena said, you know, early on in all of this is that none of these movies should be your kid's first scary movie experience. Like, regardless of age, they should build up to something like this. Yeah. You know, even one of the less scary movies in the Conjuring universe like this one is.
0: Yeah. Well, this one seems like serious and weird.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it can, it can feel, it could feel more troubling to a kid because with the, the court scenes and the legal scenes and all of that, it might seem more real
0: Yeah, and therefore more
1: scary um, because it just seems like a normal, like, oh, you know, they're in court and they're talking about the devil. So that's like super real because they're talking about the devil in court,
0: Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah.
1: So that's a different element than any of the other movies really have. But that, again, that's um, that's kind of like a cerebral response. Um, whereas when I think about younger kids watching a scary movie, I, I tend to think that it's the visuals, like the, the scary visuals that stick in your brain, mm-hmm. that would be more of a problem.
0: Right, yeah.
1: You know, rather than the kind of an abstract um, concept of... Whether or not the court recognizes the existence of Satan.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, um, like, you know, for the Annabelle Comes Home, that seemed scary, but like more hokey and like kind of in a weird way, more fun. Yeah,
1: it was a little fun. It was a little bit of like a a, um, house of horrors at a carnival.
0: Yeah. Type thing. And this one seemed like kind of a bummer
1: it was a bummer it was kind of yeah everybody everybody lost yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know except lorraine at the end she got a gazebo oh yeah so they did they did continue to invest in their portrayal of ed and lorraine as this beautiful love story yeah Um, i didn't mention that in my recap because i didn't think it was relevant but they're not they're not um giving up on that effort
0: Yeah, he was the usher, and they talk about that, how he was the usher at the movies. Yeah, and they
1: walked, and it rained, and they went in a gazebo and kissed for the first time. And it's very, very sweet and romantic. Uh, But, I mean, so maybe that that can bring us to the um, kind of not uh, the... What's the word I'm looking for? Not recap, but the summation. The the summation of our Mm -hmm. Conjuring Universe project for the summer which yeah, I feel like we just the ba- barely managed to actually pull off. I know
0: through like a lot of creative yeah,
1: scheduling and, and a lot of double nights and double week recordings. And yeah. 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 Um, well, but we were
0: committed. We, we had were, to it.
1: we said we were going to do it and goddamn it. We were going to do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. and I, I mean, they're all, they're all great movies. I love them all. You know, some are better than others. Some are scarier than others. Um, but I think that as as a body of work, it's super fun um, to think about all of these movies kind of being in a little cluster together, because for the most part with horror movies, you have series like you have the series that have a ton of sequels. You have all the slasher series, the Friday, the 13th and the Halloweens and the Nightmare on Elm Streets, And then you have the, the Saw series and and um, even something like Paranormal Activity, where there's, you know, ultimately there were five I think. I loved those. I love those too. That's next summer. Um, yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> that'll be a more reasonable undertaking I know. than There's this summer. There's only a few of those. Um, but this, I feel like The Conjuring Universe is is unique um, and maybe a little elevated out of um, most horror movie series just because it's it's so colorful and varied. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they are all interrelated and your enjoyment of each one is amplified by the others you've seen and the ways that they overlap and the ways that the characters continue to build with each subsequent movie they made um, in a way that kind of goes beyond just a standard like, you know, this is the first one, the second one, the third one, the fourth one, because they did take the detour into Annabelle and -hmm. they had the kind of offshoots with the nun and La Girona and, and um, but it was all still feeding into this, this same very rich story um, collection Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's, I think that's what I love about it. Even though not all of them were, you know, five-star movies.
0: Right. Yeah. I love the
1: collection as a whole.
0: Yeah. It's, I think I agree. I mean, it's like, um, you really enjoy as if you're, if you've been watching since the beginning, like these movies as mm-hmm. they've been coming out, like you'll notice an Easter egg or, or something yeah. or like a little snippet and you're like, oh, you know, I really, I really like it. and. Overall, I feel like the Conjuring movie, like, universe has added to the genre. Definitely. I, I love the storytelling. Yeah. I like and Lorraine Warren, not in real life, but, like, the characters. The
1: characters. I love that Patrick Wilson is just dominating in our horror movies these, like, the past, like, ten years. Oh, yeah. Insidious. I'll watch that oh. uh-huh. all the time. Yeah, Maybe that's, I mean, I didn't love how they made both of them, but Patrick Wilson, they made him look old. In this conjuring movie, I mean, they had oh, to make him look old and insidious too when he was like rotting from the inside. Oh, yeah. But in this one, it was too successful. I was like, no. he's not getting
0: old, is he? I mean, a little bit. Let's, like let's not life. talk about that. It's okay. <laughs> <sighs> it's all right. Oh, Patrick Wilson. But I mean, I love these movies. I'll, I'll go re- I'll re- rewatch, you know, fe- every few years, I think. Yeah. And I think they add to it and. Yeah. Um, I still have yet to get the boyfriend to watch any of them. Really? No, he's not watched. he hasn't watched any of them. But
1: he doesn't have a problem with scary movies. It's just those he hasn't seen?
0: Honestly, I think he doesn't like them. How does he know if he's never seen them? I think he's watched some, but I don't think he enjoys them. Just, Let's force like, them down his like throat. Uh, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, I, all Halloween months. I didn't or uh, October we didn't watch any like Halloween movies because every time I'm like can we watch whatever he's like I'm like come on eventually we watched Halloween like the newer the remake yeah and he was like oh that was way better than I thought it would be yeah well it's phenomenal I I was like it's very well written and it's funny when it's supposed to be it's scary it's it's great yeah I think it's like
1: modern but it's classic
0: yes yeah so I think that going back to the Conjuring universe, a lot of what I enjoy is they take old formulas, like the original Conjuring, a haunted house mm-hmm. situation, um, and they make it fresh and yeah. new with like new great elements. And, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, and they just maybe that's part of also the the ones that didn't hit quite as well is because the strength of the strongest conjuring movies is the characters that they create. You know mm-hmm. they they did a really great job casting almost every role in all of these movies and the characters that they create like going back to the first one with the parent family and Ron Livingston as the dad you know Lily yeah. Taylor as the mom they're like, fantastic they're all and then you know the our Fuller House friend as the cop like every casting choice they they built a character that you cared about and you liked and you were invested in and you got to know them. And that's, once, once that's happening, like the story can just happen Mm -hmm. because you're there with the people. Yeah. You know, you've opted in to, to the people and the relationships that are there. And I feel like they did that really well in, in all of these movies, obviously some more better than others, but
0: Yeah. 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 I think that's why I enjoyed too. And like in Annabelle, um, even though in Annabelle, like, her husband is sort of like, oh, I don't know. Like, he seemed a little yeah. not sure. A little sketch. But, <laughs> but he, she was like, we can't go back to that house. And he said, okay. Yeah, we won't. We won't. I believe you. And uh, he, I, I just feel like in a lot of these movies, and amp- the way people act and react and how they treat each other mm-hmm. is so different from a lot of other, like, movies that we have encountered. Yeah where they're making terrible decisions and treating each other like crap yeah, and not having each other's backs. Yeah. Um, so or then, like,
1: the whatever demonic forces they're struggling against um, are then coupled with the interpersonal struggles they're having with people who don't believe them or don't trust them or are skeptics or whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's also, I think, a part of why I enjoy these movies so much. People <laughs> are like, I don't know, like, the mom and uh, Conjuring too. she's like, what the heck's going on? And then she's like, we gotta get the hell out of here. You <laughs> yeah. know? Uh, well,
1: and then she goes to the neighbors, and the neighbors are like, yeah, this shit's happening. Yeah. Like, we know this woman. She's our friend. We care We care about her and her children, and this is what's happening in her home. Like, somebody if, help her.
0: Exactly. And if she's saying it's happening, it is. Yeah. Like, we're not saying she's crazy. And I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's, it makes for good storytelling, and yeah. it makes me care about the characters. Because... Also, I think the trust you see people have in each other makes you, as the viewer, think that um, this person's reliable. Yeah. And this person's not, like, a flaky person. This is someone who's, like, a prominent part of their community. And if they are saying that stuff is happening to them, they're, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, you know, not nonsense. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, that's, I feel like that's the, the strength. of, and, and this is possible that this was the case in real life as well. But definitely in the movies, like the strength of Ed and Lorraine is that they just showed up and said, we believe you. Yeah. You know, him and me, both of us. Yeah. We know you're telling the truth.
0: Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah.
1: and if we find out that it's pipes, then maybe it's pipes. But we believe you that something's happening and we're going to find out what it is.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So in culmination... If you are a horror movie and lover, you enjoy it. Maybe you've kind of gone away from it, and you've been watching other Marvel. has been your yeah, yeah. You got you
1: got distracted by Marvel there for about fifteen years. Yeah,
0: rejoin this uh, series and watch them
1: in the order they came out. Whatever you do,
0: yeah, yeah. Don't don't mess it up. Don't fuck it up, okay, guys.
1: (laughs) No, they do it just right.
0: The same way, honestly, the same way with Marvel. Like, yeah.
1: that's what I tell people that, you know, if you haven't watched the Marvel movies, watch them in the order that they were released because the revelation of character traits and events is all carefully planned in both of those situations mm-hmm. to where it, to see it out of order, I think, reduces your enjoyment. It
0: takes away from it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we hope you enjoy them and watch them, and I hope you have enjoyed our, our discussions listeners. of them. Maybe love them or not like some. Yeah. Routine. I was well. sorry. I was usually the naysayer. Apologies, but also no. I well, it's mean. funny because
1: in book club, Lorraine is always the naysayer. <laughs> I know. But in in our so far in this podcast, she 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 loves uh, more of them than you do. <laughs> I
0: know. I know. <laughs> Okay, so for next time, we are moving away from The Conjuring because we watched all of them. There are none left. There are none left. <laughs> um,
1: and summer's over, people.
0: Yeah, we've
1: got stuff to do. One single tear running down <laughs> our face.
0: I know. <laughs> um, we are going to be watching and discussing Lights Out. Yes. Which I'm so excited. I oh, love it is that movie. Oh, it is so...
1: Such a great, and I, I was just going to look what um, because it's not it's fairly recent. I don't have the year that it was released in the top of my head. I'll look it up now, but it's not mm-hmm. it's not a very old movie. So no, I don't think so. If you if you haven't seen it, definitely watch it before we talk about it because yeah. it's it okay twenty eighteen. Yeah, it's yes. it's it's pretty recent. Um, so you're not going to want to listen to our discussion without having seen it. No, it's fantastic. It's great.
0: I'll have to tell in the next episode when we talk about that movie about i was the driver and i took everyone to the movie that night to go watch it oh that's right that was that was delicious that was a great (laughs) great night um so yeah check it out and we'll see you next time thanks for listening thanks Bye. bye